Uh, the captain will be with us in a couple of minutes. Um, Kim Bombay said, in my sadistic fashion uh, of uh, getting to uh, make sure we have uh, people on that we want on. Uh, if he is under the weather uh, with a raspy voice, I don't care. You're coming on with me. I'm like, the captain is under the weather, but you know what? I said his call. He's going to come on for just a couple of minutes. I don't want to tax him too much. We'll get him on for a short period. We'll have him on tomorrow. Uh, but obviously some big events happening over uh, in the uh, Middle East uh, as far as retaliatory strikes, uh, uh, finally from the U.S., uh, regarding Hezbollah and uh, what that all means there. A couple of big events uh, from the uh, holiday weekend. Now, I will say this. Um you know, I love catching up on a couple of things during the holiday uh, weeks and weekends and whatnot. And we got one coming up, obviously, with New Year's. But uh, there's two movies I want to point out. One I saw in the theater and one I saw at home on Netflix. Uh, at home uh, on Netflix. And Jake, I don't know if you saw it. Nonstop, which is one of these Liam Neeson deals. Now, you know, every... T- Anytime you think you might have hit the wall as far as Liam Neeson flicks, because, you know, it's the same premise, you know, obviously, uh, uh, well, Taken, the Taken movie is one of my, you know, they're my favorite Neeson movies. But, you know, he comes through all the time. And this one nonstop on trying to track down a hijacker on board a flight. And that was really, it, it was riveting. It really was. And, you know, the thing is, I'm watching Bengals and uh, Steelers the other night. Um, And, uh, you know what? It wasn't doing it for me because Pittsburgh was, like, commanding the game. So we figured, let's put on a movie. So we flip it on, and, you know, there it is right in front of you. So let's watch it. So there you go. And it was really good. I got to tell you, he... Never loses his touch. It's amazing. It really is. Um, there's a new premise, a new storyline. He'll do it. And he is really uh, come down to one of my favorites, Liam Neeson. So I recommend nonstop. Now, the one in the theater that I saw the other night was Iron Claw. And Jake, you might relate because I think you might. You rest, didn't you wrestle in school? Did we, you never wrestled. I was a swimmer. You were a swimmer. You look like a wrestler. Um, Appreciate that. So it's the true story of the Von Erich family. And the Iron Claw was this, you know, kind of this specialty move that the father had way back in the wrestling day. It was a big name. Uh, Fritz uh, Von Erich. Whose real last name was Atkinson. Atkinson. But they changed the name and everything else. Um, but an incredible movie. It stars... The, there's really only w- one well-known actor in this. And that's Zac Efron. Okay, from the from the days of the you know music. What was the... I forgot the, uh, the shows that he was doing. High School Musical he was High in. High School Musical 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And, well, who knows? But now you got Jeremy Allen White who was in Shameless and the Bear. He Excellent. just recently won a, uh, if I remember right, an Emmy or a Golden oh, Globe. So good with this. Jake always sends me a couple of little uh, 
a little things of news and notes when it comes to this stuff. But that's where I knew that face, Jeremy Allen White, from one of my favorite shows on Showtime back in the day, was Shameless. And uh, he did some job. He was the um, kind of the oldest living Von Erich brother. Um, an incredible story. A lot of sadness in this movie because of what happened to the family and everything else if you read about it. But uh, an incredible performance, I thought, by Zach Efron. Uh, leading the way, and really one of the more prominent names. Now, that he had six sons, Fritz von Erich, five of which went into wrestling. Um, and a lot of tragedy. There's only one brother left, and that is uh, Kevin von Erich, who was played by Zach Efron. And Zach Efron, the transformation into being a wrestler of that magnitude was incredible. Absolutely incredible. So I recommend two of them to you, Nonstop and Iron Claw. Now, the other one I want to see is Boys on the Boat, and that's a George Clooney uh, direction uh, in that uh, in that film, and I, I'm definitely going to see it in the next few, but uh, I recommend those two. Now, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the captain. Uh, the captain always comes through uh, under the weather, uh, listen, he is vital as far as his stances and observations and everything else. And uh, and a very big weekend it was that, uh, again, went under the radar somewhat, is uh, what's uh, going on in that Middle East right now. And uh, here he is. Just for a couple of minutes, we'll keep him. Uh, he's telling me he's a little congested. I am not going to tax him in that regard, I promise you. Uh, I hope you had a fantastic uh, Christmas, my friend. I know you're under the weather, and uh, you always come through. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I've had my coffee, so I'm ready to go, and it was a great right. Christmas. I hope I hope you had a great Christmas also. I did. I did. I had a really good one, uh, and we get ready for the new year and everything else, so uh, part two coming up, but... You know, a couple of things we just wanted to focus on for the folks to know is that there has been a fine cap in that of retaliatory strikes regarding Hezbollah and everything else. Joe Biden making the call from what we read. Uh, And listen, uh, it's about time, I say, after about 103 strikes on bases uh, in around the area, our own bases, uh, enough is enough, and you have to send a message. That's what happened here. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's pretty much too little, too late. But So what we have is the U.S. military carried out a retaliatory airstrike on right. Monday in Iraq after this one-way drone attack earlier in the day by this Iran-aligned militants, which we knew were operating there. And as you said, Jay, we're over 100 attacks against U.S. targets since the beginning on October 7th of this conflict. Um this, this specific attack was carried out by Khatib Hezbollah terrorists in Iraq on Christmas Day, which, of course, I'm sure was chosen and symbolic. Sure. Um, the announcement was made by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and he says he did this at President Biden's direction. And, I, you know, again, I think it's a little too late, too little too late. He says these were precision strikes. They were a response to a series of attacks against U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria by Iranian-sponsored militias. And all they say is that something along the line said a number of fighters were likely killed. We don't even know. They hit a couple of facilities that they know that they operate. 
And, you know, the first question that I have is, this is over 100 attacks since October 7th. We obviously knew these facilities were there. Why are they still existing? Why, why did we have to wait for them to critically wound another soldier before we hit them? We should be destroying any facilities in the, that we are aware of in Syria and Iraq where they have these fighters over there, Hezbollah, any Iran-sponsored fighters in those countries. Right now, we should be destroying. It shouldn't be. It seems like it's very overly precision attacks. And they put that in those statements when they say precision because they want to make sure we're being careful not to, to hurt anyone who might be uh, a civilian. Right now, Americans just want a response over 100 attacks, and now we have someone who's critically wounded um, and others injured, too. What are yeah. they waiting on? It seems, like, it seems like a very overly limited response to what's been going on. And I think right now the direction, you know, if I were in charge of this, this thing, I would say anything. We, our intelligence has identified any facilities or personnel operated, supported by Iran, these fighters in Iraq or Syria, destroy them. That's your mission. Come up with targeting plans and destroy them. And I don't know why we're doing this incredibly limited. And the thing is, every operation we've launched, Jay, is defensive. They attack us first, and then we respond. Let's get on the offense and start just destroying these sites, destroying these fighters anywhere we can find them. Yeah, it is broadening the conflict. And I know that this is a presidential election. I know it's the last thing President Biden wants, but war is always convenient. And we have troops being critically injured now. So you have to do something if you're a leader. No question. The captain with us with the Global Threat Report, Global Threat Solutions for Peace of Mind in Uncertain Times. Go to that website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Cap, the other big piece of news is the Israeli airstrike yesterday in a Damascus neighborhood killing a high-ranking Iranian general. Uh, The officials over there and and, uh, allied militant groups in the region vowing revenge uh, for the uh, killing of Saeed Rezi Mousavi. Um, no launch yet of any retaliatory strike on their end. Mousavi uh, was one of these uh, uh, longtime advisors, let's put it that way, uh, of the Iranian uh, paramilitary revolutionary guard in Syria. And, you know, obviously with what's going on, all the fears and everything else of the Israel Hamas war, uh, you know. You could think about possible uh, situation of a regional spillover here. But in essence, they have vowed revenge and a very, very important news item, uh, Captain, uh, over the weekend indeed. Yeah, I mean, first two things. First, we know Israel, they are not going to stop. This will prob- they will probably be killing people who are affiliated with this initial attack on October 7th for over a decade. We're going to hear about these. You'll forget about it. It won't be in the news. And then you're going to just hear in a little news blurb that Israel just targeted somebody. They're not going to forget. And they're going to kill these people. And, yeah, it does risk escalating this. But at what point is that the only option? Look at, like I mentioned, with the U.S. in Syria and Iran, in Iraq. What are we going to do? Just let them continuously target our troops until they kill uh, many of our U.S. troops, then what happens? Then we're mm. forced to escalate. I, I think it's going to, this conflict will not be over anytime soon. Um, Prime Minister Netanyahu just said that. It, despite his claim to be transitioning to this less intense operation um, to President Biden, they have, all, they have actually stepped up. They've intensified operations right now. Um, for just, just yesterday, over the weekend, 14 Israeli soldiers were killed. So 
Yeah, they told them they're gonna they're going to be downgrading to a less intense operation where they're primarily searching for you know precision strikes on terrorists and and looking for hostages. But they never gave a date, and that's not going to happen soon. In fact, Netanyahu said that this is going to be a very long fight, and it's far from ending. He made that absolutely, hundred percent. No yeah, you're right. Said that over the weekend. Uh, that the military with the IDF was intensifying operations inside Gaza. He vowed a very long fight, you're right, uh, in a speech yesterday. And, uh, you know, uh, a close confidant of Netanyahu, uh, from what I understand, uh, is expected to meet with U.S. officials, I think it's today, to discuss the next phase of the war. Uh, in the meantime, Egypt has proposed a three-phase plan to end the fighting. Uh, I I know it was rejected by uh, Hamas, uh, but um, you know what? Netanyahu is going about his business, and the only way uh, to solve this is to eradicate, as we have stated a million times here. Uh, And I know a lot of people are getting in his ear about halting things. Uh, Let's not forget there was a uh, a halting of this uh, of this war. Uh, abolished by Hamas, who went back on their word, but no surprise there. Uh, but Netanyahu only has one thing in mind, Cap, and that is to finish the deal. That's it. And I think that any agreement they make would have to be for all hostages immediately to be returned. That's the way we look at it. Yes, ceasefires. absolutely. That's the only way, Jay, right? Every hostage right now, return them. Okay, we'll agree to a ceasefire, but they're going to continue to target terrorists responsible for that attack that can never end and i think that's the only way you're going to see this and i don't see it happening happening because hamas knows those hostages are the only um chip they have right now and they're not going to if they do it they're going to be it's going to be a trickle effect they're going to be releasing a few at a time 10 20 they do not want to release the rest of these hostages all at one time yeah. so how well, do you agree to never... inspire while they're holding your people yes and let's never forget uh that 30 the 32 in that range Americans were killed in this uh, in this war uh, on October the 7th and uh, still American hostages are over there. Let's not forget that. Let's not ever ever forget that. We can't thank the captain enough uh, for coming on as he always does. He always comes through for us. Uh, I want you to rest. Little NyQuil. uh, Little Netflix. I don't want to see you up and around. Uh, I want you to rest up because you're coming back tomorrow. Okay. Uh, you'll I'll come back ready, tomorrow with a vengeance cap. We'll sure up the time. But uh, again, I want to wish you, uh, and I hope you had a phenomenal uh, Christmas. 